when you're buying pre-bagged produce, always weigh the bags before selecting the one you want to purchase. The weight marked on the bag is actually just a minimum required by law and some bags will likely weigh higher, even though they cost the same. Welcome to The One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself and if you're not happy with your own choices then you're never going to be happy. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I have not recorded in a while because one, I have been disorganised and two, I have been ill and those are all my excuses for you. But today we are talking about inflation, straight back into it with some financial literacy, a very timely, relevant topic Something I'm overcoming myself, of course, the cost of living is hurting us all. And I am just continuously shocked at the price of shit. Like every time I go and I shop at Pack and Save. So technically things should be cheaper, but I almost feel like Countdown and Pack and Save the same. These are two supermarkets in New Zealand for anyone listening outside of New Zealand. But as I said, I'm just continuously shocked at the increase in prices. I'm angry and I want to talk about it. No, I'm not angry, but I am I am inconvenienced by this and I would like to discuss how we can both manage inflation happening and overcome it, I suppose. But yeah, mostly just manage it effectively within our own financial lives. New Zealand has officially been in a recession since the start of this year sometime I'm not going to give us the exact time but I remember when the headline came out I'm pretty sure our national newspaper had like a black screen on their Instagram and it said the recession is here and just instilled fear into everyone but obviously we have been feeling the impacts of the recession for a long time of this rising cost of living for a long long time it it, it feels like anyway it definitely feels like I've been witnessing the price increase, like have noticed it a lot more within the last year and a half, where especially when I came back from traveling, which makes total sense because I came back from Bali, so obviously a underdeveloped country that does not have the same quality of living that we do here. Uh, but in saying that is a very cheap place to live and to afford a luxurious lifestyle if you're someone that owns a typical western wage but yeah after coming back I just really noticed how much prices had ramped up like before going away you know you could probably get go out for breakfast expect to pay 20 maybe 25 dollars if you're getting a drink maximum I came back oh my god it's like you cannot leave the house without spending at least 35 40 bucks now it's just beyond me but I don't want to be one of these people that just harps on about the cost of living content continuously even though that's what this entire episode is about but I'm sure you all feel me on that I'm also quite aware of the fact that these terms get thrown around a lot cost of living inflation 
are they the same? Are they different? What do they mean? So the cost of living is different to what inflation is. The cost of living increases as a result of inflation and inflation is the increase in the price of goods and services over time. So inflation is just the increases of pr- the increase of prices over time. And the cost of living is just what it costs us to survive. Take your average lolly from the dairy, for example. Some of us, some of us older Gen Zs, millennials as well, might remember getting the dollar bags of lollies from the dairy. Good times, good times. Unfortunately, those times are over and no longer, unless you have a really sick dairy owner near you who just is still giving out those dollar lolly bags. But now they're at least $1.50, $2, $2.50 sometimes, depending on your lolly of choice. And it's just rude, really. And it's nothing personal from or to the dairy owner, of course. They're just doing what they have to to survive as well. We're all, And this is the thing. We're all out here just trying to survive and work within these structures capitalistic structures we've been put in to survive especially you know in a western context we live in New Zealand within capitalism all of these things cost of living inflation etc are a result of the structures we live within and we now choose to live within so we want to find out how we can make these structures work in our favor even if so often it feels like they don't in any way because it's pretty easy to become financially stressed especially when everyone is talking about it and almost that sheep confirmation bias mentality where you are stressed as a result of feeling the energy of everyone else being stressed around you and knowing that there is this financial pressure happening in most people's lives um, and it's a very real pressure money is a taboo topic as is people already struggle to talk about it as a result of feeling insecure or shame around their knowledge and so it's even more important that we can try and open up the dialogue around money and around struggling and asking for help and if you're already listening to this episode it's pretty clear to me that you have an existing interest in sorting your money out or at least learning more. So please, when you when you get to a point where you feel comfortable yourself, encourage others in your life to do the same or at least to just open up those conversations because even in doing that, that contribution to the world is massive in terms of how that person can grow and develop and share that knowledge with other people, their children, their nieces, nephews, their friends. The first thing that is important when it comes to managing the inflation that is happening all around us in our society and hurting us financially in many ways, is to make sure we have established our financial foundations. And there's no better time to start because inflation is something that will always happen. It will continue to happen through our lifetime, whether we're in a recession or we're not in a recession. Inflation is an ongoing, continuous part of our world. The prices will always continue to increase. With that, we also hope things like wages continue to increase as well so people can afford that standard of living. But if not, we see an economic reset, such as a recession like we are seeing now. So how can we continue to manage that inflation with our financial foundations? Below I will link a more detailed episode that I have done specifically on building strong financial foundations and the pillars of this. 
but I'll remind you of them quickly now and then you can do further research into them with the episode later. So the pillars of a strong and solid financial plan from my perspective is that you have a why and understand your priorities when it comes to money. You have an emergency fund set up. You have developed the habit of not using consumer debt. So you don't use consumer debt in your life or at least you try as hard as you can not to. You have a system set up, a budgeting system or a money system that works for you. And to be honest, those are the pillars. I was going to go into investing, but I think that's something to just be left for the optimization part of managing your money when you feel fully under control and you have those foundations set, that's when you can move on to the optimizations. And the reason that these foundations have become so clear in my head recently is because when I came back from traveling last year, and I'm going to keep referring to that because it was such a significant time in my life, uh, I came back to almost pretty much ground zero financially. And it was humbling to say the least, but it was also a really great test of my ability to recall on those financial foundations and be like, okay, cool, yeah, I have zero, but do I know how to build it back up again? That's where I start with my emergency fund. I make sure I avoid consumer debt as much as possible and remove any current debts I have. I also build a system that works for me. And so regardless of how much money I'm earning, if I have a system that works for me, it's more automatic and it's more likely it'll continue to happen over time. You'll be consistent and you'll find success within your personal finances. Here are a couple thoughts from me around creating a budget that accommodates increasing expenses. So the first thing I would have a look at is tracking your current expenses. Do you know how much you're spending and where your money is going? Expense tracking is going to be really, really crucial to understand what your habits are. You can do this manually by like highlighting your expenses into categories, putting it in in an Excel sheet, or you can use uh, an app like WeMoney, Pocketsmith, um, maybe Dosh or Splitwise might do this too. Well, Dosh probably because I think you can connect Dosh up to your spending, but Splitwise, I don't think you can connect it to your cards. Any sort of app where you can connect your bank account or your card details to an app that can track your spending, put it into categories, that's going to make it a lot easier to categorize your spending and have a better idea of where your shortfalls are in terms of what you could improve on in your spending, what you could be spending less on, um, and what truly makes you happy as well. Because even if you say you spend the most money on coffees every week, well, maybe that habit, that experience is really important to you. You enjoy seeing the locals, getting your coffee order, socializing, especially if you work from home like me. I know going out to cafes is actually quite an important part of my day just to socialize um, or to be around other people. So things like that might actually be quite important to you. And this is what it's about working out your personal values and then spending according to that. So leading on from this kind of similar is identifying essential and non-essential expenses, differentiating what is always needing to be there as a part of your budget and what you can remove. And like I said, knowing your values is going to make that process a whole lot easier. Also being flexible in your budgeting as well. So keeping room for spending to increase or decrease This might mean allocating just a little bit more than you assume it's going to cost every month so that you always have a bit of a buffer. I think that really helps. And focusing on building your emergency fund 
from my perspective, is an extremely calming thing to do because you know even if something was to go wrong, your car was to break down amidst this rising cost of living and the inflation occurring, you know that you have something that can help cover it. And that is truly a blessing in disguise. It is when I got back, the first thing I prioritized was an emergency fund. I didn't worry about investing, not even contributing to my KiwiSaver, not even paying off my debt. It was emergency fund first because if anything goes wrong, that gives me the flexibility. Also, just reviewing your situation as often as you want. I recently spoke on an episode of My Millennial Money and I was saying how my I assess my financial situation when I have any kind of big life changes and so that helps me reassess if the way I'm spending still aligns with my values and who I am as a person. It's also important to note the common phrase that is you cannot save your way to wealth and the reason that I focus on budgeting quite heavily in this episode is because I think understanding your current cash flow is so important for the times where your income does increase because there's no point increasing your income if you haven't established, reviewed or assessed your current habits and you aren't in control or at least don't feel in control and empowered by your financial system and situation. You can earn $10,000 or $100,000 if your habits haven't improved in that time. You're still going to spend it in the same way and it's probably not going to add or contribute anything better to your situation than it was before. More money, more problems, as they say. So definitely assess your habits now so you can optimize and make the most effective and efficient system for you. And then look at increasing your income with side hustles, selling things, um, working on your career, investing in yourself so that you can get a bigger paycheck, a higher salary, um, you can freelance out at a higher rate. I've said it before and I will say it again, your biggest investment will always be yourself and putting that time into you and upskilling yourself, building your own special skill set that can differentiate you will help you stand out and potentially get higher paying roles. I also have an episode about this as well, which I can link below with an HR and career expert, which was really, really insightful. Now we talk about investing. We've got our foundations laid. So we go on to investing strategies. This is where we are putting our money into something with the hopes and the reasonable certainty that it will increase in value over time. So we want to explore various investment options that have the potential to outpace inflation. So that's say the inflation rate, this is honestly just coming up something in my head. If the if the cost of goods and services, the inflation rate is 2%, so goods and services, your lolly bag is increasing by 2% every year. You want to invest in something that is going to give you a return of higher than 2%. So If inflation is increasing the cost of goods and services by 2% every year, but you invest in a fund that increases in value by 10% every year, then you are outpacing inflation by 8% and therefore earning more on your money and you're not losing as much to inflation over time. It's not just investing in funds and shares that can help you do this, but also in your saving, making sure you're in the right bank accounts. Term deposits and notice saver accounts are examples of accounts where you may need to lock away your money for longer, say 30 days at a minimum. You need to give the bank 30 days notice before you can take your money out, but it's going to help you earn money, interest back on the cash you put in so that that money isn't decreasing in value against inflation. 
So not only assessing your investments uh, from a shares and funds point of view, but assessing the bank accounts that your money is currently in. This is where the concept of diversification becomes a really profound, no, prominent, no, important key point in all of this. So diversification is investing in a range of asset classes across a range of industries, across a range of companies. And this is going to mean that you aren't as impacted by changes of value within the market, in air quotes, so within the world. Certain things go up and down in value and in price at different times. And if you're diversified across a range of these things, then you will see consistent increases in the value of your investment or your money over time rather than seeing it be more volatile rises and dips all of a sudden. This is why it's important to invest in say a fund over just one company because a fund gives you exposure to a range of different companies rather than just the one. I know in times like this it is extremely difficult to think about the future because you're so focused on what's happening right now, but also you don't want to think about the future. You just need to get through today. And I can completely understand that that is such a difficult thing to be going through. I would encourage you also to not shy away from those thoughts or that conversation when you can and when you have the capacity to, only because long-term financial planning is going to mean that you don't have this financial pressure as you reach a point where maybe you don't have the energy or the time to make as many changes or the ability to take as much risk. You know, as we get older, we don't want to take as much risk with our money because what if we lose it? Whereas, whereas when we're younger, we have more time to make that back. So our investing choices can be different, ultimately helping us more in the long term. Upskilling and gaining a set of skills and experience that can help you increase your salary is going to be crucial to that income generation piece. If you are employed, if you're a freelancer, same thing, offering maybe a more niche, unique set of skills can help you increase your prices. Being smart and strategic about the industries you enter, maybe there's a lack of your type of resource in a certain industry and you can really help out with that and as a result charge a premium for it. Maybe you want to change the type of people you're working for, e.g. move from startups to bigger corporates because they might have more resource to pay higher just little things to think about in order to increase your income I stray away from the whole side hustle conversation now because I think long if we're thinking long term which I know in these circumstances is really difficult and sometimes unrealistic it's probably though more beneficial to think long term about the skills we're gaining rather than short term about how we can just make as many dollars now and I've been thinking about this today because I am planning on doing a big session session uh travel thing I'm planning on traveling again and going for a longer time than what I did last year and so I was like costing up everything today, thinking, oh, I'll just have a look at how much this is going to cost me and how realistic it is to save in a certain amount of time. Yeah, it's a lot of money that I need. And I was thinking, okay, how am I going to make money? What side hustles am I taking on? And then I thought, okay, actually, how am I just developing my skill set to be more valuable in the area I'm working within? And how can I 
establish and work on the career I already have now because that's the thing I want to build, not my side hustle portfolio necessarily, especially when I'm doing something like the One Up Project and I ideally want to put all of my time and emotional energy that I have left over after work into this. But I thought that it would be useful to give some examples of websites you can go to that offer free courses if you are looking to upskill. Of course, there's essentially an entire university on YouTube and you can just YouTube or Google or podcast any information you want to know. But I also think doing a course can help because it's something you know you can put on your CV or talk about skill sets that you have gained as a result of practically implementing them somehow. And I think being even more strategic or a little bit unique in the way that you organize your CV can be helpful as well. Maybe focusing on your skill sets more than your job titles, for example. So here are a few upskilling courses for free. Coursera offers some free courses from universities worldwide. Uh, They also have options to help you pay if there are um, courses that are paid courses that you want to do. There's also Khan Academy, which offers free courses in subjects like math, science, economics, if those are something you need for whatever job you're about to go into. There's Code Academy for computer coding, Udemy, which is really good. I've done a course on there before. I've also heard really good things about Skillshare as well. So ultimately we are looking for things that increase our purchasing power against inflation, increase the value of our dollar, which can sometimes mean getting more dollars through upskilling, getting a better job, um, freelancing for a higher rate, starting our own business for example, or it can mean investing, uh, investing so that the value of our money increases against the inflation rate over time. But I thought we'd finish off this episode with something fun, just something silly, fun, but also still relevant. And those are some top hacks for beating inflation, some practical ways to cut costs without sacrificing the quality of your life. By no means will these be helping you build wealth, but they are just fun ideas and some ideas I hadn't actually seen before. So I did a little bit of research on the web and have collated this list of what I think are more unique but helpful ways to cut costs. The first one and some of these from my own experience some of them are from looking at other people's experiences. The first one you've probably heard me talk about a lot before and that's if you're traveling using a WISE card or alternative international card to beat transfer fees and foreign exchange fees so a wise card or I think there's one called Revolut and maybe in New Zealand has one too basically how they work is just like any normal debit card you put money onto it you can use it internationally like you would a normal debit card but you don't get the same transfer or foreign exchange fees for using your card internationally it means you can avoid paying things with cash and constantly getting out cash and having to pay the fees on that as well This one's an oldie but a goodie, surely most of you may know this, but if you don't, we're about to change your world, and that's look at the cost per grams on the little price ticket at the supermarket, not the price itself. So if something's on sale, compare it per gram amount, it'll be like 83 cents per 100 mils or 100 grams or whatever it is, look at that compared to the other ones to find out which one's truly cheaper. This is for your gas, so Gaspy, G-A-S-P-Y, is an app in New Zealand that tells you where the cheapest gas is, and I know there are other versions of this for other countries as well. I mentioned this back 
in some of my other points, but that's get a high interest on-call savings account for the money that you need straight away. So there's different types of accounts. I mentioned notice savers, and now I'm talking about on-call accounts. So a notice saver is when you need to give notice in order to take the money out. An on-call savings account is when you can take the money out on-call whenever you want. You get to call the shots at that one. Uh, so this might be good for something like an emergency fund where you still need the money straight away, but you want the value of your money to increase rather than decrease and somewhat beat the inflation rate. Okay, here's the next one. When you're buying, and I had never heard of this before, when you're buying pre-bagged produce, like a 10-pound bag of potatoes, so this is the example that they've given me, like a 10-pound bag of potatoes, onions or apples, Always weigh the bags before selecting the one you want to purchase. The weight marked on the bag is actually just a minimum required by law and some bags will likely weigh higher even though they cost the same. So I'm this person who's just like whatever they all weigh the same doesn't matter. But actually you may be losing out on some bang for your buck and you could be weighing the bags of produce and getting more for your dollar. Another one that I thought was really interesting and to be fair, I have not tried any of these, but well, apart from the ones that I've learned from experience, but this one would be interesting. When your multi-track disposable razor gets dull, so, you know, we all know what a razor is and the little multi-tracks on it. God, I cannot articulate, but when it, when your disposable razor goes dull, try pushing the blade a dozen or so times against your thigh, hold on, while wearing a pair of blue jeans, so yes, while wearing clothes, a pair of blue jeans, so denim, push the blade or dozen or so times against your thigh, so it's like something hard with resistance to push against, obviously I'm going to say you want an old pair of jeans for this because I don't really want to distress my jeans for the sake of sharpening a disposable razor, but if you have some spare denim on hand, it can realign and sharpen the blades and just give you more shaves for your buck. There are so many good comparison sites out there for power, energy, insurance, and I'm going to give you a couple. There is one called Power Switch, and 90% of people who use Power Switch find that there's a cheaper plan available than the one they're already paying. So this is for your power provider. And people who have used this, according to them, so this isn't sponsored by the way, this is just what I've been looking at, people apparently can typically save between $300 and $400 per year. So get amongst that. Also, if you search anything like that, like insurance, power, energy, utilities, providers, comparison site, there will be a comparison site that comes up for it. So always just Google that if you're wanting, if you're trying to decide between providers because that will really help you uh, develop a bit more clarity on which decision to make. If you're not already using the Libby app when you're reading, what are you doing? The Libby app is the online library app for, I think it's, just New Zealand, but maybe it's actually global. There should be a library app in your country, if you're listening to this, potentially, where you're able to rent books instead of buying them on your e-reader. So if you're a big reader, you can just rent them from the library, but online version. So it's really helpful. I didn't know about it until I got my Kobo. And it's been such a lifesaver because, yeah, I just never have to buy books. Now, I've always been skeptical 
of the cashback sites, you know, the websites where you log on, shop through them, and then you get cash back for shopping through them, basically just a huge affiliate service. But there are apparently New Zealand ones, such as Shop Rewards, Kiwi Wallet, Cash Rewards, and Shopback. I didn't actually think Shopback was in New Zealand, but maybe they've just launched here. I know they're definitely in Australia. And I'm also going to link a really cool blog I found below that was this um mum in New Zealand her blog is called mumsmoney.co.nz and the blog is about places that give you freebies on your birthday and I just think if you want to have the ultimate treat yourself birthday experience why not find where they give you free stuff and just go to all of those places I just loved this idea and thought it was really helpful so I'm going to link that down below but those are all the little fun extras I had for you and if you have any others let me know and I'll pop them up on my Instagram story definitely go check um, that out if you're keen to see what other people have to say I hope that there have been some themes that you took away from here you know we spoke about having strong financial foundations, how we can build strategic investments and saving strategies around beating the rate of inflation. And we spoke about how you can continue to learn, continue to upskill, continue to increase your worth from a career and job perspective in order to earn more. And we talked about some free silly little things that you can do in order to save some money And yeah, just be a little bit smarter or niftier with the things that you do. But ultimately, it's all about increasing your income if you can and making those more strategic long-term decisions, keeping in mind that we need to have compassion for ourselves. It is hard to live and exist in a rising cost of living, regardless of anything else that is happening in anyone else's world. It can still be extremely stressful to fall under financial pressures Uh, talking about money as I was saying is hard in itself let alone when you are struggling and we all know how hard it can be to ask for help so I would like to offer the one up project up as a safe space please message me if you need anything need a reference to a resource or someone to talk to I'm more than happy to do that and and answer any questions you have about this episode as well but as always I appreciate you listening in Uh, follow me on Instagram if you want to hear more or just keep subscribed and give me a review and a rating because I feel like there aren't many anymore there haven't been many more recently so I can't tell are you still enjoying it I'd love to know please let me know even if you just flick me a message it'd be great to hear from you and we will talk within the next episode Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there.